0: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Dave McCann. What's up, BYU
1: Sports Nation? We are live with your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented as always by the BYU Store, official outfitter, of BYU fans everywhere. Can't believe it today. Monday, May 17th. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a guy who's used to 10 p.m., not 10 a.m., Dave McCann. Thank
2: you. I'd like to thank Dennis Pitta. Uh, Right out of the gate. After he came on this show, he lowered the bar from here (laughs) to here, which allows anyone to get on the show. (laughs) And that's why I'm here. So, Dennis, this one's for you. And uh, middle of May, ready to go.
1: Middle of May, ready to go. And uh, what is this uh, second or third BYU Sports Nation you've been a
2: part of? The second. The first was after the uh, BYU-Miami Beach brawl where Blaine and I uh, came in. and uh, Jeremy Because Jeremy Spencer, Spencer got involved the in the fight. They were either that or they were on the <laughs> beach that morning. Somehow they were unavailable. And then we did this, and then we walked across the street and called the BYU-UMass basketball game. Uh, and they played it like noon. So it was a great BYU TV sports day. After, you know... Not so great <laughs> yes. bowl game fight type
1: thing. Certainly but, memorable, but yeah.
2: not for the right reason. So it's good to be back. It's been a few years, but yes. uh, it was a great show.
1: All right, right, let's. Uh, speaking of today's show, let's get to the show lineup. How about Elijah Bryant? He had quite the pro debut, but is it the best debut for a former Cougar? in the professional ranks. We will discuss that. Also, former Cougar and Super Bowl champion head coach Brian Billick will join the show. We'll talk to him about all of the Cougars in the NFL, obviously spending a lot of time on Zach Wilson with the Jets, plus softball's, softball senior Riley Jensen on her last game in Provo. And uh, we'll look ahead to the NCAA tournament. We've got a packed show, and we always start it off with our headlines. So let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Hey, Elijah Bryant. He was outstanding yesterday in his debut 16 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, his NBA debut with the Bucks. They brought him in for the last week of the season and he's still on the team going into the playoffs. <laughs> They're the 3 seed in the Eastern Conference.
1: He looked really good. Yes, he did. He looked fantastic and the uh, the Bucks will face the Heat in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Play-In Tournament, a brand new thing in the NBA yeah. starting tomorrow night. NFL rookie minicamps continued over the weekend with multiple Cougars taking part across the league. Players like Dax Milne, Kyrus Tonga, Zane Anderson, Chris Wilcox, and Brady Christensen participated over the weekend. The next step for these players is OTAs, which will start up next week as we get closer to the NFL season. I cannot wait. Can't wait to talk to Brian
2: Billick coming up about that. Softball is going to face Virginia Tech in the Tempe Regional of the NCAA Tournament. They found out last night the WCC champion Cougars were playing a four-team double elimination. The top team advances to the NCAA Super Regionals. So
1: BYU and the Hokies, they'll get going Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern Time on ESPN 3. And as we mentioned, Riley Jensen will be joining the program coming up in about a half an hour. Baseball continuing their winning ways took two of three at Pacific over the weekend winning its third conference series in a row. The Cougars have now won nine out of their last 11 games. BYU wraps up the season this week with four games hosting Utah on Tuesday night at 8 Eastern. Dave, you'll be on the call with Gary. I'll be in the dugout for that one. And then the three-game series against Pepperdine Thursday through Saturday. All of the games can be seen on the BYU TV app and heard on BYU Radio. And we deserve a game with perfect rate, uh, weather. Oh, my gosh. The weather, the weather for BYU baseball, whether it's been home or road, with the exception of about one series, yeah. has been awful. Tuesday night,
2: Miller Park's going to be awesome. Track and field, they just keep winning and keep setting records. Whitney Orton, a new school record in the 5,000 meter with a time of 15 in the track and field regular season finale. Connor Mance finished with the fastest 10,000-meter time in the nation, 27-41.16. Nine other Cougars set top ten marks in BYU history in that
1: regular season finale, and now it's off to chase for the championship. Here we go. Carson Lindell competing at the Washington NCAA Golf Regional today in Cle Elam, Washington. Lindell is one of five individuals selected to compete at the regional, which runs through the 19th.
2: Shout out to the lacrosse national champs. The MCLA champions beating Chapman 16 to 9 in the title game on Friday. Even if it's a club sport, <laughs> BYU just wins.
1: Another national championship <laughs> on campus. You gotta love it. All
0: rise and shout.
1: It's time for what's trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. All
1: right, as we mentioned a moment ago, the bulk of the former Cougars who were drafted or signed as free agents participated in rookie mini camps over the weekend. Now there were there were three or four the weekend before, including Zach Wilson uh, that participated uh, two weeks ago, but the majority of them took place this weekend. Dave, which BYU Cougar, and we're going to eliminate Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen, so which BYU Cougar not named Zach or Brady do you think is in the best spot to stick with their current
2: team? It's so hard to stick to a team in a 53-man roster. Uh, I watched uh, Dax Milne catch some passes over the weekend with Washington. I hope... I hope he can fit into that mix where they need a possession receiver who can catch anything.
1: He's apparently also a heartthrob now out there, too, by the way. Is that right? Apparently. that's what, that was, It was all the rage on social media. That's what the kids were talking about. Word on the street is number five is a heartthrob? Apparently. Okay.
2: Well, I know he can catch. <laughs> uh, and he 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 made Zach look really good last year, and Zach made him look Really good, and and uh, what you have to do in the NFL is you've got to be able to catch. You also have to be fast, and there's always a knock on speed if a receiver's not an Olympic sprinting champion, uh, which Dax is not, but he's more than capable, and he can catch anything, and he's got good size. I just hope he can. I hope they all get a spot, but, man, it would be great to see him with the uh, Washington football team. Absolutely. It would also be nice for them to come up with a nickname.
1: Yeah, well, apparently they, they're at least – it's on the table to keep the Washington football. That is an option, apparently. We will see. It, it was funny that, uh, that you mentioned his size because Ron Rivera, the head coach of Washington, he had made the comment not just about Dax – But about some of the other guys, too, he said, you know, we'd done all these interviews prior to the draft over Zoom, so we never got to see any of these players in person unless we went to a pro day. And they were not out here for for BYU's pro day. So he says, Dax is much bigger than I thought he was. And I thought to myself, well, that's got to be a pleasant surprise. It's better than saying he's shorter than what I thought he was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Remember when Ty Detmer walked into the office (laughs) with Lavelle Edwards the first time and and uh, he thought he looked more like Pee Wee Herman <laughs> and was waiting, waiting for the other football player yes. to come in. And Ty's like, no, I'm Ty yeah. from San Antonio. And then it, it
1: worked out. It seemed to have worked out uh, <laughs> just, uh, just fine. Um, I am going to go with a member of the Jets, but not the one that you think. I'm going to go with Tristan Hodge. All right. Tristan Hodge is a guy that I think has a fantastic opportunity with the Jets. Number one, offensive line is a big-time need For them, certainly depth at the O-line. Whether he's a starter or not, I I don't know. But I know that they need offensive line help in the worst way. Let's be honest, what NFL team doesn't? But I like the fact that he has gone to a team that desperately needs help at the position he plays. I also don't think it is a bad thing that he is a teammate of Zach Wilson. The fact that you have somebody that Zach is comfortable with. Look, in Woody Johnson, I mentioned this on the show last week, the owner of the New York Jets... Tweeted out or had an assistant tweet out. All the tweet was was, "Hey, look, Zach and Tristan, former Cougars, back together again." And it was just the two of them at the New York Jets facility. When the owner's taking uh, note that you are there and you are a teammate of Zach Wilson, that can't be a bad thing. Plus, his NFL pedigree. Obviously, you know, with his uncle, people know the Hodge name came from yeah, Notre Dame right. and BYU. I just think all of those things speak. Very highly about his chances of sticking with the Jets. I hope, I hope Matt Bushman can get in
2: yeah. with the Raiders. I think um, for a variety of reasons. One, that he could have gone out after his junior year, decided to come back, and then ahead of this great summer or summer and senior season, um, rips out his Achilles last day of practice in a non contact drill out for the season. Yeah. You just feel for that guy. And his father in law is Chad Lewis, and I like Chad Lewis. When Chad got back from his mission, my dad was his bishop, who was, and my dad was head of the Cougar Club. Chad goes in and attends his book. He goes in and talks to my dad, asks if he can get a tryout with Lavelle. And so my dad called Lavelle. They went down at lunchtime, and Chad caught a few balls. And Lavelle goes, well, I don't have a scholarship for you, but uh, you're, you're more than welcome to walk onto the team. And so Chad took that, finished All-American, went to the NFL, had a great career. Yes, he did. Now back at BYU, salt of the earth, and his son-in-law is now trying to play the same game in the NFL. So I hope Chad
1: uh, – I hope Bushman can get on uh, with the Raiders. It's going to be super tough, but, yeah. man, he's well, good. Well, we know how good he is. We know exactly what he meant to the BYU offense for three seasons. And, and like you said, it is just an absolute shame that the injury took place, and, and that certainly cost him in the NFL drafts. Uh, we had uh, Trevor Maddich on the program last week, and he mentioned a guy named like uh, Chandon Herring, uh, with the Tennessee yep. Titans, also a situation where they need offensive line help. He actually thinks that Chandon may have a pretty good chance making it uh, with the Titans as well. And Some guys can get in on special teams. Yes. And, uh, Taysom showed
2: how to do it. Yep. Just find a way to make a contribution and then see what happens. Yep. And uh, that's what he's got going on. All right, topic number two was Elijah Bryant's debut last night with Milwaukee. The best BYU Cougar professional debut. Remember, he had 16 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. 32 minutes.
1: Okay, so my initial gut reaction was, well, yeah, look what he did. 16 points, 6 boards, and and 6 of 13 shooting. So, I mean, he, he was shooting the ball really, really well. But then we got into the list of guys that would be under this category. Let's just go over some of the other former Cougars and their debuts. Fred Warner. With the San Francisco 49ers. He had 11 solo tackles. That was back in 2018 against Minnesota. That was pretty good. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Jimmer Fredette. You may have heard of him. Jimmer, 3 of 8, 6 points, 3 assists, 1 rebound, obviously, with the Sacramento Kings. He comes in as a lottery pick. Yes. All the
2: pressure in the world. Yes. Everyone expected 40 that night. Yes. All so, right.
1: 3 of 8. It's not the greatest debut. Obviously, just a horrible situation to go to for Jimmer. Danny Ainge, 1 of 4, 2 points, 1 assist, and 1 rebound. But then you brought up something that swayed my opinion. You said, what about Danny Ainge in Major League Baseball with the Toronto Blue Jays? Listen to Danny's line, his first game as a pro baseball player. Three for four, one RBI, and three runs scored. As much as I was immediately going to go with Elijah Bryant, I think you swayed me, and I'm going with Danny Ainge in his Major League Baseball debut.
2: For the record, he was facing Cleveland Indians pitching.
1: (laughs) Still, you bet 750 in your debut? Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. So, right now, I'm going to go with Danny Ainge, but Elijah Bryant last night, he looked really good. A lot of people forget about Ainge and then coming
2: back and finishing basketball and playing for the Boston Celtics. Then he had that little stint in Major League Baseball, which, which was his first love at the time, and then he decided he loved basketball more, and basketball's been really good too. Yes, to him. it has. But that's a great debut. Sean Bradley, you mentioned? Yep. 7 6. You know, you figure at 7 6, you're going to block a lot of shots.
1: We're just trying to lobby. Who's going to be who's going to be the best? All right, who else? Steve Young. Now we debated. So do you go Steve Young with the Bucks or do you go Steve Young with the LA Express? And as as we found out, never go with the Bucks. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the creamsicle jerseys it's just it's just a bad combination. We found his stats. And I and I our our stats people found this. So congratulations, because I know it was not easy to find LA Express stats. Steve Young with the LA Express was 19 of 29, one touchdown, 152 yards, six rushes for 32. So not bad, but it's still not Danny Ainge three for four with an RBI and three runs scored. Yeah, and Jim McMahon, 12 of 22, 131 yards and a
2: pick in his debut, debut with the Bears. I think you got to go, Elijah was great last night in that opportunity. Yeah. Um, Ainge wasn't playing in a throwaway game. He was playing <laughs> in like the first game of the season. I think you go Ainge and the Blue Jays for the best debut.
1: Well, and I think what was great about what we saw from Elijah last night, it was the final regular season game. The Bucks had already clinched the spot that they were going to be in. They couldn't move up, they couldn't fall down. So they played a lot of guys last night. And Elijah took advantage of it. And what I loved, look, and we, we know Elijah well enough to know he's not going to come in and be timid anyway. I like the fact that he showcased exactly what he could do. He showcased the shooting. He also showcased his ability, ability to create off the dribble for himself. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. And hopefully, maybe you opened some eyes depth in the playoffs if if game's out of hand whether it's good or I'm, bad you get in there and certainly moving forward to next year i'm glad he
2: got out of israel when he did <laughs> yes. uh, with all that's going on over there the key thing is he's in as yes. you mentioned and now he has an opportunity to stay in and whether or not it's uh, he he earns that as a practice body you know you, the team needs a full roster yep. once you're on there you just uh, that's better than not being on yeah. there and uh He's got an opportunity, and he's such a good guy. Um, and good things happen to good people who are trying to do the right things that uh, this makes a lot of sense that, uh, that he's getting this opportunity right now.
1: All right, our question of the day. Which BYU Cougar not named Zach Wilson or Brady Christensen is in the best spot to stick with their current NFL team? Let's get to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation
1: on BYU Sports Nation. First response coming in on Twitter from at Thomas underscore Gordon 5 says, I feel like Bushman has a great shot with the Raiders. Dave, you mentioned that. He's mentioned that they were a team interested in him before the draft, and they could definitely use some tight end Help. He can catch anything. Yes, he can. It's it's like permanent stickum on his yeah. hands. Absolutely. On Instagram, Jeremy Peterson, uh, Micah. So going with Micah Simon, who's with the Carolina Panthers, says Micah outside of Christian McCaffrey, they have no weapons. If he can establish himself as a downfield threat, he's set. And he, Dave, is one of those guys that really did himself uh, a big-time favor with what he did at BYU's Pro Day. Don't Carolina talk to me about
2: Christian McCaffrey. I drafted him my number one pick me in too. fantasy. Then he was out, yes. and he stayed out. Yes. He looked healthy, and he stayed out. <laughs> you and me both. It we cost had to me the pick. family championship. <laughs> I wish Micah the best of luck.
1: Uh, and then on Instagram, at TGood underscore four, Big Boy Kairos Tonga. Tonga is so dominant at the line, I predict that four years from now, he'll be signing a fat contract extension with the Bears. I do like that fit. We, we know the Bears historically known for really good defenses. This is a really good defense he's part of now. I, I definitely like the fit with Kairos in Chicago. I hope he can be big and nasty for four quarters. Amen to that. Just put it on. All
2: right, coming up, Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, BYU, Arizona. How big will the crowd be down in Vegas? And will it be the biggest ever? to see a BYU football game outside
1: of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Can't wait for that one. But next, Super Bowl champion coach and former Cougar Brian Billick joins the show. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Tuesday night is Rivalry Night at Miller Park, BYU and Utah, 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. See it live on the BYU TV app. Gary will be with uh, Shep and myself. Should be fun tomorrow night. Perfect weather for a
1: clash between the North and South. It's always good when blue meets red, especially when blue comes out on top. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. He is Dave McCann. My name is is Jason Shepard. And we are so thrilled to have our next guest. He is a Super Bowl champion head coach. He is also a former BYU Cougar. It is great to have Brian Billick back on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Brian, thanks so much for taking a few minutes. How are you?
3: How are you doing? No, I'm still a BYU Cougar. I'm not former. I, I'm not, you know you <laughs> people, people always introduce me as a former Super Bowl winning head coach. And I have to remind them, well, no, I'm still a Super Bowl winning. They don't take the trophy back after the year, you know, and take mine away. I still get to keep it. So.
2: All okay, right, but- now look, Super Bowl champion coach, uh, NBA, or NFL veteran coach and broadcaster, but tight end at BYU. Where does the tight end spot rank in your list of football credentials?
3: <laughs> well, it's there's something to be said to be in the first, I guess. Um, I don't know that uh, if you rank them, I'm probably at the bottom in terms of of uh, talent and, and my contribution, but was one of the first, you know, we were just beginning to throw the ball uh, at a time when you really didn't, you know, go to tight ends. So it was uh, kind of fun to be a part of and watch how it's grown since then.
1: Well, and you've got the BYU gear on too, which, uh, which we right. love to see. So it's always nice to see, the, the Cougars repping uh, the Cougar gear. And, and speaking of repping uh, the Cougars, let's talk about Zach Wilson. Quite a 2020 yeah. season for the new yeah. quarterback of the New York Jets. Goes number two overall in the New York. What was your reaction to the pick? And then what do you make of his fit with the Jets?
3: Well, that's really the important thing. You know, I wrote a book called The Q Factor, which is, I mean, the league is notorious for screwing up first-round picks. Literally, I mean, it's a 50-50 crapshoot. I don't care who it is, what team. I mean, that's just what it is. And of the five guys that were drafted uh, this year, there's no reason all of them shouldn't be top flight pros. The fact of the matter is half of them are going to fail. Um, and a big part of it has to be where do they go? What's the fit? And that's uh, that's the thing for, for Zach – Um, it's uh, Joe Douglas, who's the general manager started with me in Baltimore is an outstanding general manager, Robert Sala, the new head coach. I like the mix that they have with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, that he's coming in with a new group that's getting started. Uh, and that's all positive. Now, the tough thing is he's doing it in New York and that is a tough market. Uh, as tough as it is to get in the NFL, there's nothing like that New York market. So that's really the challenge. Can he come into that market with a team that has struggled and they've got to continue to wrap things around him? That was part of the problem for Sam Darnold and why he failed. Um, if they can do that, and I really think that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are the guys to do it, then he has every chance to succeed, but he's going to have to, to do it and keep an even keel in one of the toughest markets in the NFL.
2: Coach, I want to congratulate you joining Chad Lewis as the only authors who played tight end at BYU. That's right. Nice <laughs> That's job. That's right.
3: Got to be multi-talented.
2: <laughs> if Zach was your quarterback, would you bring in a veteran quarterback and have him play in front of him for a little bit, or would you just
3: I'm youth No, I'm a believer. You, you got you to play him. That's the only place you learn. I mean, if the, and I get it. People say, well, you sit in and let him learn. The only thing you learn if you're not playing is where the stadium is and, and where to eat after the game you know, the good spots to go to. you got to play. And the most successful, and there's a lot of different ways to do it, but but I think he has the ability. uh, Yeah, there's some ups and downs. I get that. Uh, uh, But but every snap that he takes in 2021 is going to make him and the New York Jets more successful in 2022. And that's really what needs to happen.
1: Coach, Brian, uh, or uh, Zach, has been compared to a lot of very high profile quarterbacks and comparisons are always very dangerous because it's just it's probably not fair to either but he's been compared his style of play to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers i've had enough people that have not shied away from that that i'm i'm just wondering what do you make of those comparisons and is that fair to put that on a rookie quarterback
3: No, it's not because the, the comparison and we're always, when I do my work for the NFL network, they're always pushing us to give us a comp, give us a comparison. And it's hard because you're either going to kill the guy with the comparison or you're, you're slam dunking him into the hall of fame. And you got to, you know, slow your roll with that. It's that, you know, that's not fair to lay a Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers label over Zach Wilson, right from the get-go with those expectations. There's going to be high expectations. Um, the fact of the matter is, we already talked about the failure rate of first-round quarterbacks in the NFL. Physically, there's no reason Zach Wilson shouldn't be all the things we're talking about. There's no reason all of the quarterbacks that were taken uh, shouldn't have been, uh, you know, Jamarcus Russell, Vince Young, Joey Harrington, Ryan Leaf. The list goes on and all. They all had the physical tools to perform in the National Football League, but yet half of them via the list I just mentioned – fail because it also has to do with the mental and emotional makeup. Can he transition into that, into the big leagues and handle that pressure? And then like we talked about the marriage with the team. So that's going to be vitally important for Zach to not kind of put that pressure on yourself early. You're going to your competitor. You want to do well. Um, but, but I, I, don't know that I'd jump right into the, yeah, I'm going to do what Patrick Mahomes did. And there's a guy that sat, you know, for those that say, well, look, he sat in behind, Uh, you know, uh, Alex Smith for a year, and maybe that's the way to go. Um, I, I, you know, we don't know that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have been as good or matured even quicker had he not started from the get-go. Plus, they were a good team. The New York Jets are not. So, yeah, if you're going to start off, start, you know, put them in together, let them grow together, wrap the right people around them and let that growth come.
2: Coach, I've been to one real NFL football game. It was the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Eagles. And I watched the oh. Patriots come out. I was at a work assignment for my station here in Utah. And I watched the Patriots come out, and 53 guys came out. And then I waited for the rest of the team. And I realized, no, this is the team. Whereas BYU yeah. will roll out 100 guys in uniform when we play Arizona in September. So my question is, we've got a dozen BYU guys trying to make an NFL roster and there's just so few spots you tried to do that as a player before you went into coaching how hard is it to get a job in the NFL for these guys
3: it's very hard because it's a very limited field and the thing that I always used to counsel my rookies was one don't you, you just do your best you know when it comes time to cut you I'll do that okay don't cut yourself don't look at the roster and say well this is that just you just play hard Believe me, if it comes time and you got to go, I'll do that. All right. Secondly, there's a role for everybody. When you look at the back end of the roster, you know, I I usually would go into the year, uh, into the season and training camp. And I probably Ozzie Newsom and I probably could have told you 48, 49 of the 53 final man roster going in, knowing who was going to be on the team. But it was that 50th, 51st, 2nd, 3rd, and 53rd player, those role players, those guys that maybe they're not the top draft choices. Maybe they're never going to be a starter for you in the traditional sense, but they're going to have a role for you during the course of the season. Maybe it's 15, 20 snaps of special teams, whatever it may be. It's those role players. And that's where you know you, the back end of a, of a draft, you know, you're talking about Christensen in, in Carolina and Tonga and, and with the Bears. And I think it was Chris Wilcox went to Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, Dax uh, Millen, if I'm saying that property, uh, went to Washington football team. They all have an opportunity to create that role. Plus, they have the expanded uh, developmental squad rosters, which is a good thing, particularly now that we've added the extra game. So they're really, you know, there are close to 65 spots or better that you can make this team. Uh, And so don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking it's this or that just go out and play hard, find that role for yourself, throw yourself into whatever role is there for you. And you're going to have a chance
1: coach. We've had you on this show quite a few times. And I know that we've talked a lot about Taysom Hill with you, and it was never going to be easy to replace a guy like drew Brees Whenever the day came that he retired, well, that day has come from what you've seen from Taysom Hill. And right now, he's vying for the starting job, as is Jameis Winston. From what you've seen out of Taysom Hill, do you believe he has shown you enough that he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League?
3: Absolutely. No question. And he adds that dynamic of athleticism that's so important. Uh, He's going to have to tailor his game a little bit because the things he and the physicality and the things he likes to do in his previous role, that was fine. But as the starting quarterback... You've got to be a little more prudent than that. He's a very physical player. But to take those reps constantly, to take that abuse constantly, he's, just, he's got to get out of bounds a little more readily. He's got to slide a little bit. Uh, but from what I saw, um, I'm excited about his potential. Because ultimately, even with that athleticism, even the Patrick Mahomes or the Russell Wilsons and the like, you've got to be able to win from the pocket. The other things are nice, and it's a nice adjunct that can add to it but you've got, got to be able to complete, compete and win from the pocket. I think we saw that capability from him, and I'm excited to see how he's going to continue to develop under Sean Payton.
2: Do you think uh, Sean Payton, when he looks at his roster and his scheme, um, are the Saints a better football team if they have an adequate quarterback and Taysom's in there and he can do all of his things as opposed to Eliminating a guy who can do all those things and putting Taysom at quarterback
3: uh, That's a good question. It depends who the other guy is and how good they are. <laughs> if it's Drew Brees, you dang you're dang right. Oh yeah, that, that works. If it's Winston, um, Jameis Winston, I, I, you know, I still have questions about Jameis Winston. You know, Bill Walsh was a firm believer that you knew by the twenty fifth or twenty sixth start whether a player, a quarterback, could be a guy or not. You might find out earlier. But if it's not there by that 25th or 26th game, it's probably not there. Now, there's exceptions to the rule. Ryan Tannehill is a perfect example of someone who was a first-round bust, as I alluded to earlier, that found a a different place. They wrapped the right process around him and was very successful. Maybe Jameis Winston can be that guy. I'm not sure. Um, uh, But that's an interesting question that, that, again, does Taysom Hill present with the right quarterback that extra element that, that makes the offense just that much better versus what you lose. What I'm advocating, because clearly you can't ask Taysom Hill to do the things. I'd really advocate that if he's a starting quarterback, he doesn't cover kickoffs. That would probably be the first thing I would do. That's so, why you're a yeah, Super Bowl you're ta- winning coach. Yeah. So, that's, so, so you are taking whatever those snaps that he performed at, you need to replace those with someone else. So that, that's a very legitimate question, uh, but I'd, I would take that chance because I really think he has the potential to, to be a really top-flight NFL quarterback.
1: Coach, last thing before we let you go, and we do appreciate your time. Uh, last week we had a conversation talking about the most prominent former Cougar in the National Football League right now, and consensus was it was Fred Warner, widely looked at as, as the best linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. Where, where do you fall on that? Would you agree it's Fred, or do you think it's somebody else?
3: No, I think that's a good call. You know, and there again, there's an example. This was a third round choice, okay, uh, that, that found a spot. Although, you know, if you're drafted in the first three rounds, you're going to make the team. But that doesn't mean you, you haven't, you know, created a spot for yourself uh, to, to build up on that. Um, you know, Dennis Pitta, I, I think, would probably, although he's not current, um, is probably one that also, I think, uh, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, is one, although he's having to find a a, a a different role for himself now. So I think those would be worthy uh, uh, with, you know, in the conversation. Jamal Williams is finding a little bit of success. But, uh, yeah, if, if you had to rank them right now, probably Fred Warner would be on the top.
1: Coach, we appreciate you taking a few minutes. It's always great to talk with you. Uh, best of luck uh, throughout the rest of the offseason, and I'm sure, just like we are, you're, you can't wait for the NFL year to get here.
3: Looking forward to it.
1: Thank, Thank you, you very guys. much. Appreciate it. That's Brian Billick on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why, we show how. How awesome is it that Brian Billick, who everybody knows, if you're a football fan, yeah. you know who Brian Billick is? He's wearing BYU gear. That's pretty oh, cool. He's a BYU guy. <laughs> it's just awesome. That's and he's so not cool. a former BYU guy. <laughs> That's, he right. Made <laughs> That's right.
2: Perfectly clear. That's right. Andy Reid's the same way. They, they, they are who they are, yeah. and, and they love their experience here. And it's so good to see them winning Super Bowls yes. at that level. Absolutely.
1: Thanks, Brian. All right, what do we got coming up?
2: Well, BYU softball is rolling into the NCAA tournament again, something they've done since the beginning of time. And now they're getting ready for the regionals in Tempe, Arizona. Riley Jensen's going to join us as we get ready for showtime.
1: And is the BYU-Utah rivalry as strong as ever? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Catch the latest BYUSN
2: right now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with a social media twist. Get the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
1: He's Dave. I'm Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation, and it's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. I thought you were going to
2: play Devo music there, I'll be honest. I was waiting <laughs> for it. We can. Elijah Bryant played 32 Minutes. as an NBA debut last night. Will he play more than 32 minutes in the playoffs for the Bucs moving forward?
1: I My guess is he would play under 32 minutes. Again, the reason he was able to get so many minutes last night was because they were sitting everybody and they were giving all of the young guys opportunity to play. I, I don't know if he's in the rotation. I, I just don't think there's enough time for him to get in the rotation. So I would say he's under 32. What do you think? I think you're probably right. It's playoff time. The rosters shrink. The superstars are on the floor, and the high-paid players have to go earn their keep. Amen to that. All right. Is this the year BYU softball makes it to the Super Regional? We know they're going to the Regional in Tempe, but that has eluded them, the Super Regional. Is this the year that changes? If you asked me this in March
2: and most of April, I'd say absolutely not. If you're asking me now, the team is rolling. Yeah, They're hitting. They're playing defense. They're pitching. They've got a shot to, what, snap a 10-year Streak outside the super regional starts against Virginia Tech. Riley Jens is going to join us in a minute. We'll ask her the same question. <laughs> yeah. I think she'll say yes.
1: Uh, I, I think yes. Look, this is a team that ended the year having won eight in a row, and they finished the year having won 25 of their last 27 games. They are absolutely peaking at the right time. This is the year that they make it back to the super regional.
2: All right, let's count down to the Wildcats. Hit it!
0: Countdown to the Wildcats!
2: One hundred ten. Oh, You didn't want to be part of that? <laughs> Are you going to sing in the dugout tomorrow night? I didn't know singing was part of the show. I was not going to. You told
1: me we had to sing. Okay, there, there actually is a reason why we, we had the countdown. Will this be
2: the largest BYU crowd to watch a football game outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Not largest crowd, largest BYU crowd. We had a huge one in Glendale a few years ago uh, when Jake Oldroyd was a freshman. Yes, right. Now he's a sophomore five years later. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Uh, what do you think?
1: Well, you you said that uh, in Vegas, they said, what, 41,000 tickets have already been sold for that season opener at As Allegiant As of last Stadium? week. Yeah. So, um, will this be the largest BYU crowd? Yeah, why not? Why not? They're not going to be Arizona fans.
2: The last time Arizona had a team on the field, <laughs> their defense gave up 77 yeah. points. They fired everybody. Now, they're trying to come back, but they are at the bottom of the pack. People are
1: hungry to go to a sporting event, and with it being so close and the, the BYU fans that are already in Vegas to begin with, why not? I'll say yes. So I, I agree.
2: I agree. There will be more Sprite Nacho sold <laughs> on that day than any day this year.
1: All right, more impressive, BYU baseball winning 9 out of their last 11, or Cole Gamble, his stats, 5 of 10, 2 homers, 1 double, and 3 RBI in the – Two out of three wins over Pacific this weekend. Cole Gamble is one of the reasons why they are
2: 9-2 and two in their last 11. Really hit the ball. Initially, uh, the transition from junior college pitching to Division one pitching uh, had his batting average down low and he wasn't hitting the long ball. Man, as it warmed up and as he got used to, to some of the better pitching that he's seeing at this level, he has locked in. And uh, he's a reason why, if there was going to be a postseason yeah. tournament this year, that BYU would be in that mix despite they're tough road schedule to start and uh, and they have not been that great hitting the ball
1: until lately now look out i'm going to go with the team because i don't want coach littlewood to get mad at me for uh, going individual performance over team performance so i'm going to say the team and yes certainly sparked by Cole Gamble and Andrew Pintar i'm going to say the team overall winning 9 out of their last 11
2: all right you're in the good coach's
1: good graces <laughs> i've been the great i'm in the good graces of coach him littlewood i'm taking lunch
2: tomorrow so <laughs> All right. So uh, the BYU Utah rivalry. Yes. Is it as strong as it ever has been?
1: Well, baseball. They'll be facing each other tomorrow. I, I don't think it's as strong as it ever been. And we're talking about th- on all sports on campus. I, I just think since they're not in the same conference anymore, I, it really has taken something off. Doesn't mean it's not important. It's still super important. But is it as strong as it ever has been? I, I can't say. I think that. it's
2: more important to the alumni than the actual current student I think think you're right Uh, because we have to hear it at work all the time tomorrow's baseball game is the last scheduled BYU Utah athletic competition until September 11th when the Cougars and Utes are at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on ESPN just down the road so this is it tomorrow night and then it's the long hot summer and then the Super Bowl
1: well hopefully uh, they can get a win tomorrow and then in a couple of months get another win and snap that stupid streak yeah, I'm tired of this. <laughs> so am I. Coming up, a
2: BYU legend inducted into a Hall of Fame over the weekend. Find out who it is in our Rise and shoutouts.
1: And next, the pride of Idaho Falls, Riley Jensen, stops by to talk BYU softball in the NCAA's. This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Game highlights, interviews, and archive content. Subscribe to the BYU TV
1: Sports YouTube channel, and we encourage you to do that today. Absolutely. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B, Jason Shepard alongside the great Dave McCann. You see this play right here? Yes.
2: Blaine and I were just on the other side of that end zone as uh, Tanner Mangum threw that Hail Mary down. And we're watching it go, and we're like, this stuff never happens to us (laughs) except for the Holiday Bowl (laughs) against SMU. And there it was. And then it
1: happened right in
2: front of you. And the BYU fans that were there, here it is again. So we're just opposite right here. Yep. And we're going, he's across because we're right at the goal line. And the BYU fans that were there, and there were thousands of them, rocked the stadium as everyone in red just sat there, stunned.
1: One of the greatest moments in BYU football history. And I know that BYU softball looking to make a little bit of history as well. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, she is Riley Jensen from BYU Softball. Riley, thanks for taking a few minutes today. We appreciate it. How are you? Good. How are you guys? It's always fun to be back on the show. We uh we are very good. Uh congratulations. I know we saw the video uh from the uh the team room yesterday when you found out that you were going to the Tempe Regional against Virginia Tech. Take us through what that moment was like for you and your team.
4: Yeah, if you if you couldn't tell we're pretty stoked. I mean, every every time a name was read, we were like, is it us? Is it us? And then we were second to last, so we knew it was either this one, the 15 seed or the 16 seed. So we were pretty
2: excited, Riley. This has been a roller coaster season. You start with the first month and a half on the road. You play some really good teams. Uh, this backside of the season, you, you, you a light comes on. You win the league title again for the twelfth straight year, and now you're back into the NCAA tournament. But what has this journey taught you? Because there were some low times, and you finished with some really high times.
4: Um. I mean, probably between this year and last year. I think last year kind of taught us, you know, like just don't take even one game for granted, win or loss. So I think we kind of took that mentality into this year and we just kind of kept pushing. We were playing really tough teams. We had a really tough schedule. We were on the road so often. We just kept pushing and just knew eventually that it would click. And I think it's clicking at the right time.
1: What do you think sparked that? Because, I mean, as Dave mentioned, it's, it's unbelievable – The way you guys ended, and I mentioned this in our last segment, you guys finished the year having won eight in a row. You'd won 25 of 27. Was there something that you look back on and say, this is what changed? Or was it kind of a compilation of a lot of things?
4: Um, I think, think, honestly, we just got sick of losing. We kind of got together and said, hey, we're better than what we're showing. And we just kind of stepped it up a little bit. There wasn't really one thing that clicked. We just kind of all together were just like, we're better than this.
2: Well, Coach Eakin has a way of of bringing a team along (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: because you're always going to start the first half of the season on the road due to the nature of weather uh, here, and uh, and then league play starts, and then all of a sudden you just seem to just rise to the top like you have this time, and now you have Virginia Tech on Thursday night in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, What do you think of the Hokies in this matchup?
4: I mean, like I said, we're excited. They're a great team. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to just keep learning and keep getting better, and hopefully we can win a couple games.
2: Riley, when you're facing a pitcher, and I don't know who pitches for the Hokies, but let's say she's really, really good. Uh, They took third in the ACC, so they have to have a pretty good staff. But when when you're facing a pitcher that's really good as a team, how do you approach – attacking that pitcher to scratch across some runs because you've got a you've got a good pitcher yourself on the hill. But when the when it's just go up and swing for the fence or what 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 do you do to to beat a really good pitcher? You've seen seen good ones and you've seen bad ones this year.
4: Yeah, we've seen a lot of great pitching. So I think that it's kind of just communicating with each other. You know, I always have to be the guinea pig hitting leadoff and say, hey, she's throwing this, she's hitting these spots, the umpires calling this. So I think it's kind of just adjusting mid-game to what we're seeing and to what adjustments they're making on us. And it's just, we just got to keep swinging because, you know, one swing can just change the game.
1: Riley Jensen joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Riley, take us back to Friday, the blue-white scrimmage. And you were supposed to have a series that got canceled. So in order to be able to honor the seniors, you being one of those, I had the blue-white scrimmage. And your final plate appearance, I believe, was a triple Take me through what the emotions of that at bat were knowing that was your last at bat at Gail Mueller field. I
4: mean, I kind of may or may not have switched to right-handed hitting and somehow still hit a triple, but <laughs> it was just fun. It was just, they kind of just did whatever they could with Pacific canceling on us, but we just, we just went out and had fun and it was obviously super emotional, super sad, but I just I asked Coach Egan all season, can I go? Can I swing opposite handed? Can I do this? Can I do this? And he's like, Senior day, Senior day, you can do it. So I finally got finally got to do that. And then the other seniors did the same thing, and we somehow hit the ball. So it was just it was just a really
1: fun way to go out. As one of the seniors, do you feel like you're putting more pressure on yourself going into this postseason as opposed to others because this is your final time putting on the uniform?
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like my first three years, not counting last year, we were so close. We were so close to winning the regional. We were so close to taking that next step. But I feel like our team this year is the team to do it, and I'm excited for that.
2: All right, let's look ahead after what we hope will be a successful postseason. What's next for you in your post-BYU life?
4: That's, That's a very good question. I honestly am not sure yet.
1: All right, so you don't have to know that's the beauty of life that's right, hey, you you, you take it as it comes, uh so I'm going to assume yeah. that the home run chain will travel down to Tempe and and we're hoping that uh that 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 home run chain is being worn quite a bit against the hokies. am I right?
4: Yeah, that chain better make its way because that's the only reason I want to hit home runs to get that chain. <laughs>
1: Well, Riley, we appreciate you taking a few minutes. Thank you so much. Congratulations on a fantastic senior season. And like uh, like uh, Dave and I mentioned, hoping that it is a very long postseason run. Uh, before we let you go, let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. You can take that with you uh, down to Tempe as you guys get ready to face Virginia Tech coming up on Thursday. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate it. Sweet, thank you, guys. That's Riley Jensen on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. She gets the karma and the, the home run chain. Oh yeah, you have a home run chain. That's all you need. That's all you need. You look. You don't. I, I finally got to see the home run chain up close yeah. on Friday. It is majestic. Is it? It is. Maj- I wanted to. Goes wear with it. every outfit. <laughs> I, I wanted to wear it, but I felt like I would. I would. I would take away all of its power if I put it on. It, I would kind of ruin it like Lex Luthor you'd be <laughs> sure. the opposite of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Coming up, which Cougar has found
2: the best fit in the NFL? The
1: Elite Voice is next. Plus, a BYU athlete going above and beyond gets a rise and shout out. This
0: is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's rise and shout out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
2: Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show.
1: Our question of the day, which BYU Cougar, not named Zach Wilson or Brady Christensen, is in the best spot to stick with their current NFL team? This one in from uh, vcram3 on Twitter. Got to be Bushman. Another one for Matt Bushman. That's where you went there, Dave. Uh, says uh, he will go in and take the backup tight end position with the Raiders. He's an NFL talent and would have been a second or third rounder if he hadn't gotten hurt. The Zach effect was powerful to his teammates. He's getting his chance. Look, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. You, uh, look, yes, he should have gone higher, and had he not had the injury, he would have gone higher. But when it didn't work out the way it did, you hope you go to a good fit. It seems like the Raiders will be a good fit, and you're just looking for an opportunity. We know his skill set is an NFL skill set.
2: And I don't know if he'd have been a second or third rounder, or he'd have gone out after his junior season.
1: I think I think most of third, fourth, think, fifth in that area. But it has still had to make it.
2: Yes, like all these guys, you can get cut. That's why you give you a, they give you a salary signing bonus. And then they control you the rest of the way. That's they can right. give you your bonus. They could cut Zach Wilson tomorrow. That's right. They just paid him a signing bonus, uh, although his contract's guaranteed. But for the most part, um, man, you you get your opportunity like he's got, like these others have, and then you just have to take advantage of. It.
1: Well, and you got to think too. Look, his family's from Tucson. Obviously, Emily's family lives up here. So the fact that it's like right in the middle of both Arizona and Utah, it's like perfect for family. Is awesome. It can't, you can't beat it.
2: <laughs> All right, Canine uh, Ranger. Dad underscore King on Twitter, Zane Anderson. He fits right in as a hard-hitting DB that the Chiefs like, similar to Dirty Dan Sorensen.
1: Look, I was almost going to go with Zane Anderson, but I assumed people would not take me seriously as a Chiefs fan, thinking I was just being a homer, saying Zane Anderson. Because you are a Chiefs fan. I am a Chiefs fan. But I will tell you, having read a lot of articles in the last week, the comparison to Dan Sorensen is real. And they are taking note of it in Kansas City. They li- Zane, The whole thing for Zane is can he stay healthy. Yeah. If Zane can stay healthy, we know how good of a football player he is.
2: Zane could not stay healthy at BYU. Another guy who had a hard time staying healthy that's found his way in the NFL is Taysom Hill. Yeah. You get there, you get the right diet, you get the exercise plan, you get the physical training. It's all you do. You don't go to school and all the other stuff. And it's amazing, and Taysom said it. it's amazing. The key to his success and, and, and health is an off season, which he never had at
1: BYU. Let's get to our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at C L underscore living. It says Kairos Tonga, because the Bears would like to update their refrigerator. I see what he did. William and the refrigerator right Perry. Well done. All right, time Does for
2: Kyrus is going to get the ball on the goal line? Look, we've we've seen it. Seen we it. saw it. We've seen we, it. We before. know
1: there's film of it, so we know <laughs> if they want, they can go with it. Let's get to our Rise and Shoutouts. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward, Dave, who gets your Rise and Shoutouts? Jody Maxfield inducted into the
2: National Dance Coaches Association Hall of Fame. She took the Cougars and made them a national powerhouse. They've won more national championships than anyone on campus, I believe. Uh, they won this year, a year after she's retired. Uh, but over the weekend in Nashville, she was inducted into the Hall of Fame. A shout-out to Jody. Congratulations. An amazing career and even amaz- more amazing woman.
1: And you've got another one as well, somebody we've uh, mentioned a
2: couple of times on this show. Elijah Bryant. We're shouting out to him for his debut, 16 points in 32 minutes with the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Uh, hey, love his opportunity. Yep. What I, we really love more is to see Elijah as a senior at BYU. It would have been fantastic. And he's a good player.
1: All right, uh, my rising shout-out is going to go to Martha Epinesa from BYU Softball, and on Friday, I was in the dugout on the white side for our broadcast on the BYU TV app, and my wife and my two littlest kids came to, to watch the game. My daughter, Audrey, is eight years old, and you know she doesn't necessarily know all of the rules and everything, and Martha... Popped out. So it was a a pop out. She was out and she was a little upset. She wasn't happy. She was not happy. But my daughter started clapping for her and said, good job. Good job. So Martha walked into the dugout, popped back out and walked up to my daughter. And by the way, she did not know this was my daughter and handed her a softball, which made my daughter Audrey's day. So my rise and shout-out goes to Martha Epinesa for doing that. That that's, was awesome. That's the power of positive influence. That's I remember right. after a
2: BYU game, I waited and waited and waited for Paul James' autograph. Yep. He was finally done with that eternal post-game yep. show. He signed my book and he talked to me for a few minutes and he was a legend ever since.
1: It uh, it makes a difference. Our thanks to today's guests, Brian Billick and Riley
2: Jensen. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: For Dave, I'm Jason. Hey, shout out to Sky Pove. We'll see you tomorrow noon Eastern time back at it for more BYU Sports Nation.
0: Good luck to BYU softball this week in Tempe. Go Cougs!